God does his greatest work in our disruptions. I know that this is a season of disruption. We're living in it. We still don't know when we're going to come back exactly. There's so much unknown. There's so much that we're trying to navigate through this. But God does his greatest work in our disruptions. Our families have been disrupted. Our school schedules have been disrupted. Our summer vacations have been disrupted. Work has been disrupted. Even church has been disrupted. But what do we do with that? I think we have to lean in and say, God, what are you wanting to do with that in me? What are you wanting to do in me and us as a church? And that's what I get excited about. Whenever I think about God does his greatest work in in our disruptions, then I want to get on the edge of my toes, on the edge of my seat, on the end of my toes. And I want to go, hey, God, let's do this. I want to follow you in this season. When you think about Moses, Moses had to go through a season of social distancing when he climbed to the top of Mount Sinai. But what happened? God gave him the Ten Commandments, ten clear directives that we to this day still reference as guidestones for our life. And so God does his greatest work in our disruptions. Whenever you think about David, David lived a nomadic life living in the valley, living in the caves of the Engedi Valley. And when he was there, he was running from Saul as Saul was trying to kill him. He had to live in the caves of Engedi before he could ever live in the palace in Jerusalem. So God does his greatest work in our disruptions. When you think about Elijah, Elijah, a great prophet of God, had seen God do great things, but yet he sat underneath a shade tree and wanted to die before God takes him in a chariot up into heaven. So God does his greatest work. Even Jesus in his life and ministry spent 40 days in the wilderness being tempted and tried, tempted and tried by Satan, only to come out to launch his ministry of miracles. God does his greatest work in our disruptions. When you think about it, this is day 85 since our church has been able to assemble, come together as one body. This has been a day, a season of disruption. But let me say this, with all the depth and breadth of my heart, I am excited about what God can and anticipating what God will do through this season of disruption. Because as we're talking about in the James study about how to reimagine our lives, I want us today to think about how can we reimagine the church as God designed and created and birthed and it's his church. It's up to him if you're going to live, die or survive or whatever. I believe God's got a great future for us. I think about the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19, is the verse I want us to zero in on. Maybe it's a verse you might want to memorize for your life, but it's a verse for Grace Point in this season. This is what he says. He says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. Now now it springs forth. Do you perceive it? He asks us a question. Are you seeing it? Are you anticipating it? Do you see it? And then he said this. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. There's no doubt whenever you look at the people of Israel in the book of Isaiah, they were under exile. They were 
fearing and facing disruption of, of a magnitude like no other. When you read Isaiah, you actually don't get very many warm fuzzies because it's a pretty dark book. It's got a lot of high poetry in it and a lot of prophetic words in it. It's really kind of hard to read. But when you get to Isaiah 43, you can't help but get excited. Because when you look at there, he says, I am, I declare, I have, I will, I give. I'm going to do a new thing. God is all about the promise in Isaiah 43. So read it for yourself. Encircle every time God identifies himself as doing, as being, as, as who he is and what he wants to do. That's where I am on the edge of my seat right now anticipating what is God going to do in this season because this season is a season of disruption. That doesn't discourage me. That excites me. When I look at this verse, I just want to break it down for a few moments today and let it be something that hopefully will just rest in your heart that I hope that I see some promise in the midst of disruption, some opportunity in the midst of disruption. Two promises to zero in on here. God is still doing God is still doing. God is not unengaged. God is not disconnected. God is not unaware. God is still doing. Are you a part of what God has done? And here's another question. Will you be a part of what God is doing? I I love what God has done at and through Grace Point Church, but I'm excited about what God is doing in Grace Point Church. Done, doing, excited, or love, and excited. Those are the emotions that I have when I think about this. I love what God has done. I'm excited about what God is doing. When I look at what God has done, and I think about the hundreds of families that God has helped restore and renew their marriages, or brought hope, or established homes, uh, established lives and relationships in our church, I get excited and I rejoice in that. When I think about the number of people who've given their life to Christ, we have a sign that's lit up in our gallery that we're praying for 508 people to be saved and born again. And we are getting very near that century mark on that. So let us continue to pray. and Let us continue to show and share Jesus in everyday conversations with everyday people. That's what we're called to. And I get excited about that. I get excited and I love the fact that God helped us start, led us to help start multiple churches, one right here in Bentonville, one in Boston, and now we're also helping to start one in Denver. So when you think about what God is doing, I get excited. And when I think about what God has done is I love looking back on what God has done. How we've been able to love local, our adoption ministry, our adopted and foster families. We've had families, some families have had up to 20 different foster children in their home. It is an exhausting tiring work to constantly have your home even disrupted but families continue to open up their homes and even some of our families have gone so far as adopt their foster children giving them forever homes i love what god has done i'm excited about what god is doing when i think about what god has helped us to do to not only love local but also to love global i again love what God has done. The, in, in the past few years, a few years back, we were able to give a micro loan to a church planner partner named John. We'll just call him John, who lives in 
West African country where we spent 10 years sending over 200 people and we saw this believer really grow up in his faith. We were able to give him a micro loan three years ago. He is still have a, a sustainable chicken farm in this West African villages and where we used to go to one village, now he's going to nine villages. So again, I love what God has done. This past year, through your generosity, we were able to give another microloan to a church planner, evangelist, missionary. We'll call his name Stephen. And he lives in the Himalayan mountains. And we were able to bless him with a business that his family runs that supports him so he can go out and be a missionary among his own people. We just go over and fan his flames because he continues to do the work. I love what God has done. But I'm excited about what God is doing. I have been a part of what God has done, but I want to be a part of what God is doing. God said, I am doing a new thing. I am doing. God is still at work. Henry Blackaby says, find out where God is moving and working and join him. I invite you, Grace Point, to join us in the mission of God through our church as we continue to be about it. Since we started 19 years ago in a living room on Nader Road in Rogers, in a little, little living room, I've shared one message every year, every year, except for this year. I'm sharing this message because I believe in this season we need to look at this and say, God, are you still at work? God, what are you doing? He is doing a new thing in this day. He is doing it in this day. And I believe it because when I look at Matthew 16, verse 18, which is the verse that I normally share this time of year, and I see that when, when, when Jesus told Peter, I tell you, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against us. Listen, the doors may be shut on the building right now, but the doors have been opened for us to go out into the world. You don't have to go to church to be the church, Grace Point, and you're living it out as you live sent. Again, God is doing a new thing. Read with me, verse 19. I am doing a new thing. Say it with me. I am doing a new thing. Say it one more time. Say it loud. I am doing a new thing. Do you believe it? That's what, I, that's what Scripture tells us. That's the first promise that we can claim in this season of disruption. The second promise is God is doing the impossible. He thrives in impossibilities. How do you think he raised dead people, gave sight to blind, helped the deaf hear? How do you think he was able to do that unless God just does the impossible? Well, whenever you read this verse and you think about what's going on in the disruption of Israel and how they're all scattered abroad in their exile, what does God say? He says, I'm doing a new thing. Do you perceive it? Are you seeing what I'm doing? And then he said this, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now again, wilderness, I think of wilderness, I think of tall trees, I think of shrubbery, I think I, I can't pass through it. You got to remember, he's writing this in the Middle East. A wilderness was the Sinai Desert, okay? You get out into the Sinai Desert, you may not live past 24 hours, Okay, you get lost in our wilderness, maybe you can kill some bugs and eat some bugs and find a riverbed and keep yourself alive for a few days. But you get lost in a wilderness called a desert, you're not going to make it. But not only does he say he's going to provide a way in the wilderness, but he's going to provide rivers in the desert. 
So he's literally saying, I'm going to give you sustenance, I'm going to give you life, but I'm also going to help you through it. God is doing impossible things in impossible circumstances right now. I look at the situation right now, I get exhausted just looking at everything in front of my face, on my, on my to-do list. Thank God that I have a God that's still doing, He's not done, He's still doing, and He's doing impossible works. See, this whole desert and wilderness experience is something, a metaphor that, that Isaiah uses throughout the book. Here's a couple of them. Isaiah 35, verse 6. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer. That's an impossible thing. Leaping like a deer, a lame man, no, it can't happen unless God is in on it. And the tongue of the mute, somebody who can't talk, sing for joy, that doesn't happen unless God's involved. God is doing the impossible. And the waters break forth in the wilderness, in the streams, in the desert. Isaiah 41, verse 18. I will make a wilderness. I will make the wilderness a pool of water. Isaiah 44, verse 3. I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. God is giving us promise that in impossible circumstances, God is still doing. God is still working. Despite the desert that we feel we're in, despite the wilderness that we're trying to navigate through this, let us realize that God is doing the impossible. I love it that in this season of disruption, you know what we've seen? We've seen 30 families in the past two months, 30 families sign up to say, I want to be a part of a family or of a small group at Grace Point. I want to be a part. Some are single, some are uh, uh, couples. It's so beautiful to see community happening whenever we're supposed to be social distancing. God is doing incredible things in impossible circumstances. I love it that in the times when everybody's money is getting tight and squelched and we're having to kind of watch our 401ks go to the pot and the stock market crash, what is Grace Point doing? We're increasing our generosity into the community. In the past two months, we've served through the truckers, through the students who are under-resourced in the schools or through the nurses and the doctors at Mercy Hospital. We've served approximately 5,000 meals out to our community. Northwest Arkansas. We're loving Northwest Arkansas in this season. Hope and WA is not a one day a year. Caleb Gibrelli told me to tell you it is an ongoing time right now. We have increased our global commitment to our global partners. We have partners who are literally screaming for needs because the, their giving from other partner churches or individuals has decreased. Grace Point, I tell you, has increased. None of that happens outside of your budgeted, consistent generosity. None of that happens unless God has not only done a good work, but he's still doing a good work at Grace Point. I love it that whenever you think about a situation like this, you know, we can't go to church, my kids can't go to We World, or my kids can't go uh, to student ministry on Wednesday nights. There's, you know, what, there's no way that they're going to grow in their faith. I love it when families own the space of spiritual formation in their own home. Grace Point has been partnering with you for years to see faith developed in your family members. And when I look at this, this is not an impossible circumstance. This is a circumstance that God has given us, a disruption that he can do his greatest work. One example of this as I close today is to think about Matt and Megan Bush. They joined our church two years ago. What a, what a story. God 
brought their marriage together and they started their family and, and, and God has just been growing their family through the years. But they moved here. She finished up med school. He, he, started, he got a, coach, uh, a coaching job here in the area. He was a basketball coach in Pine Bluff. They move up here and they start their family. And they're very, one of the very first places that they came was Grace Point. And really, they didn't look back. God led them here. Braley, their daughter, loved the preschool program, wanted to stay here. They got involved. Matt's an usher. Uh, and and, and Dr., Dr. Bush, Megan, is, is, is working in the preschool ministry, and they're just pouring themselves out. All of a sudden, COVID hits, and they get shut down at home. We're all shut down at home. Does God shut down his work? No, God continues his work. I want you to hear the story of what God has done in the little life of Braley in this season and what God is doing despite this COVID because God does his greatest work in our disruptions. I'm Matt Bush and this is Megan. And we have two girls that are two and five named Paisley and Braley. Coronavirus flipped our jobs completely and I've said this a bunch lately, but like all the stay-at-home moms and dads, like I now feel your pain that I've never felt in my life. And you know, Megan being a doctor, she still went to work every day. I'm a high school basketball coach, so they told us to go home. And, and then, you know, obviously we all were fearful to send our kids anywhere and our daycare closed. So I was keeping our kids at home. So instead of coaching from 7 a.m. until 5 and then being a dad from 5 to whatever time they went to bed, I had them from the second I heard the feet hit the ground until Megan got home and, and, and wow. Braley being in WeWorld, I think, is one of the things that really kept us coming back to Grace Point. Um, it was one of the children's programs that no matter how her attitude was before we were going to church, she always left with a smile. She always could tell us exactly what she learned about. She was excited about getting her tattoo for learning her Bible verse. And we just never got to a church where we immediately felt like our child was so loved, uh, loved on just every week. And so we, we have absolutely loved the We World program and is probably really the reason that we really committed to staying with Grace Point and becoming members. It was Friday. It was like the second or third week of uh, the coronavirus break. And uh, we did what uh, every good dad would do when he's got to cook breakfast. We went and got donuts, right? And uh, so Braley said the prayer to, to bless the donuts that morning. And uh, we're starting our donuts. And she hits me with um, that she asked Jesus in her heart. And uh, we had a lot of, of dialogue back and forth, as you can, with the with a five-year-old and and she had a lot of great answers and 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 the fact is you know like like i said earlier like in matthew 18 the bible talks about you know having faith like a child and he tells jesus tells his disciples like he literally grabs a child and and i and i like in a vision when i read that was braley like jesus grabbing braley and saying hey if you can have faith like her you know i heard her prayer and if you can have faith like her you'll you're you'll inherit the kingdom of god our kids have been super helpful um, helping both of us, um, some responsibilities in our house that I think they've learned some more yeah. of what we have always done for them, and now they're doing it. Right, which um, has been a grind at times. I mean, we're not yeah. going to act like it's like no, they, no. they do the laundry and, and sing all the way to the dresser. No, no. <laughs> but, you know, there's been hard times. There's been... But we wouldn't have done that as parents right. probably as well 
had we not had to. Well, they are totally responding differently because, like, you know, where you love the village you have, right? And we have a great village that are raising, helping raise these kids, whether it be the church, grandparents, school, anybody that invests in them. But to be at home this much, like, it's changed our discipline. It's it's changed how we eat. It's changed, you know, everything's changed a tad, and I can definitely see a more... Uh, a sense of, of pride at our house and how we treat the house and how we treat each other and and uh, I, in all honesty like I really mean this the virus has stunk as far as just like the, the quick change and like just like can I go to a restaurant do I have to wear this mask that, that stuff stinks you know and people that are getting really sick that stinks I hate that but as far as just my marriage and, and how we mom and dad this thing it's gotten way better it's gotten way better it's, it's completely uh it stopped us in our tracks. It really has. And I think it's made us more intentional. We see that we're more intentional with our kids. We're more intentional with what we do with them. And I also think we see other people a lot clearer. You know, like, literally, we had never talked to one of our neighbors until this happened. And then one day on the street, we're flying a kite, and they came down and flew kites with my kids. I mean, we're talking about grown people. And it's just, you know, it's changed so much. But besides the sickness and just the subtlety of it, it's been good. I mean, it really has. It's 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 different, but in a good way as far as our family dynamic.